Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online. I am Matterall here with Elise. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, nice to be here. We also have the McLeod. Hey, guys. And Titalis Warden. Say hi, Titalis. Hi. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, push to talk helps. <laughs> push to talk does help. All right. Uh, uh, Titalis is uh, sitting in. And we are going to have uh, an excellent, maybe emotional show today as we review some of the great events of the last week, uh, none of which is bigger than the giant battle that happened uh, on behalf of uh, Chappie. Uh, so we're going to talk to him and get his wrap up from beginning to end um, on you know, what the events were uh, like for him, specifically since they were done uh, on his behalf. Uh, we'll meet uh, Marathia, who was uh, the pilot from Spectre Fleet that dropped the Zenitra down with a heavy tank. So we'll see, you know, what that was like. And he was also instrumental in helping collect people uh, for the event, uh, as other groups were, uh, including Talking in Station. So we're we're all very happy to have been able to be a part of um, rallying people to get them to this amazing event uh, for an amazing guy. Um, before we get there, I want to, um, just make some programming announcements. Uh, we're going to, uh, move our technology to discord. So it's going to look a little bit different than usual, as you can see. And so we're going to continue to make improvements until we nail this, uh, but it allow us the flexibility we need to have a variety of segments and stuff like that. Also talking in station is going through an organizational uh, restructure, which is great. And Titalis here is a new COO. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, working with him. He'll be um, moving all the hamsters around to different uh, little wheels where they run. So congratulations, Titalis. Hey, thank you much. Is, right. he, is he our new fall guy then? Is that the, thing? Is that the idea? <laughs> yes. So all blame goes to him. I want to see him on more memes. Uh, Last. Uh, welcome back, Elise. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, super busy this past week, so I didn't get to, to follow along too much with what was going on in EVE Online. Um, but other than that, all yeah. is good. Well, it's all quiet before the storm, right? Like Things are going to get uh, probably pretty noisy in the next week. Yeah, exactly. So like the, I think the last day I was able to play EVE Online was when... Uh, Legacy announced that they were resetting the NIP with goons. So that was exciting. That happened July 3rd, July 5th, somewhere around there. 5th, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit, get some more uh, information on what's, uh, what's going on there, get some thoughts from uh, an experienced player like Elise. And, uh, uh, we, uh, but we're going we're gonna to avoid Nelsec for a bit uh, to talk about something that was... Um, you know, bigger and stuff. There's one other thing. We may have Katya Sia here. Katya Say. Someday I will say that right. Katya Say. Uh, who was on the CCP stream uh, this week called Eve is Beautiful. And they uh, went through some of the landmarks of Eve Online to show it off. And that was really something. So we'll bring Katya in uh, a little bit later. All right. Um, first, a few of the week's um, events. Maybe we just uh, bring people up to speed. Elise, 
last week uh, on this show, essentially, right before this show, there was an announcement made by Test, uh, who runs Legacy Coalition, essentially dropping the non-invasion pact with their ally of two or three years, the Imperium. Why is that an important thing, Elise? Uh, so essentially, it means that two of the larger blocks, which were like sort of aligned, but not really, they called the, or I guess everyone else called them the Imperial Legacy uh, Coalition. So it was like a, a super mega coalition. Uh, they basically had agreed that they wouldn't really fight each other in any meaningful way. Right. So it just meant that like, hey, we could you could send fleets our way, um, but you can't like take space. You can't do uh, certain things. So those two groups were kind of like, I don't know, basically the, they couldn't fight in, like I said, any meaningful way. So it was kind of boring. All the content was like pretty, pretty shallow uh, between the two. So now with that uh, pact no longer there, they could. And this is what I think a lot of Eve players want. They could just go to a full all-out war. Um, I, I don't expect that to happen. I know I'll probably be really? a little bit of a wet blanket. Oh, uh, I, I think they'll fight over some like little areas of space that neither of them really care about too much, um, just to, to test the waters and kind of get their members back. But I do think both groups were probably feeling a little bit of fatigue um, from like just in terms of content, right? So. You've got this huge lumbering behemoth right next door to you, either if you're in the Imperium or if you're in Legacy, and you can't really fight each other. So and, and so people are just like, oh, I want to go to war. I want to do this. I want to be in like a big fight, but I can't. So I'm just going to go like goof around. I'll make like money for myself, but who cares about my my player group? So so now I believe that like those people will start probably coming back. There'll be new uh, new blood into these uh, groups, and you know maybe maybe someone will will try and fight. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> there's so many examples that popped into my head, but I'll just use the the one that's most uh, appropriate. Uh, it's like uh, you're you're in a band, and your bandmate is like uh, you know this beautiful girl, but you can't date because it'll destroy the band, right? So. They're like, you know what? I'm I'm out of this band, <laughs> and now I can ask you out. I think if you uh, if you want to look around, like Paragon Soul and Period Basis, I have a feeling that's where a lot of the fighting's gonna to be around initially, at least. These are like kind of just buffer regions anyway that uh, these groups don't really care about too much. I'm sure the, the people who live in those groups in Imperium and in Legacy will probably be mad at me for saying that they don't matter too much, but. At the end of the day, they don't really matter too much. But so tell us, do you have a take on this? You've been uh, watching this stuff for a while. Uh, the thing that I've been noticing in uh, a couple of the organizations I'm with is that uh, fights without consequences, while they have their charm, uh, somebody wants to see something big blow up once in a while. And once in a great while, you get that big hit. You get, oh, look, we got five Titans tonight. You know, it happens once in a blue moon. But uh, they're looking for something more consistent. And I have a feeling this will bring that out. It's a great time to do it with what's going on in the world. Uh, everything's just starting to recover a little bit in some spots. Some spots are flaring up, whatever. I mean, that's politics and that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, disease-related stuff. We won't get too much into that. <laughs> but a lot of people have been stuck indoors. Uh, they've been having their fun going out in their nightly fleets, doing their drunk roams. And now it's time to go out and actually hit a target worth hitting. Yeah, I was wondering what you meant by that. So, all right. Uh, and uh, 
our initiative rep here. Uh, what do you think, McLeod? Oh man, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not entirely certain. Like, uh, I'm not really that plugged into the Matrix when it comes to uh, you know the initiative, but. Uh, I mean, have you guys the initiative? Have you experienced anything? Are you like not moving stuff? Or I mean, we're moving stuff, yeah. But like the idea of the of moving stuff and consolidating and kind of getting you know unanchoring things is basically, you know, to basically remove or reduce the you know the 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 surface area of you know potential places that people can hit, so we can you know so we can basically react faster um and initiative has always been you know very proactive in terms of trying to do that sort of thing um it helps uh it helps us in the long run uh it also gets you know the the meant the mind like uh, people's mindset and mentality in the right area in the right place you know squaring your stuff away making sure that you're set up and ready to go and ready for action you know um and you know, at the end of the day, the initiative is, uh, you know, we love fighting our numbers. So, uh, you know, we're, we're all for this. Didn't everybody say that? Sorry, I undercut you. I'm sorry. Ah, that's fine, dude. It's fine. All right. Um, so there is some interesting stuff going on, too, on the, the metagame level um, where you have the messaging has to change. I think we mentioned that earlier. The initiative, sorry, the legacy coalition. Uh, was friendly with the Imperium uh, coalition. And that was kind of, um, that was a, a, a trick that they had to put some propaganda out to make happen. Uh, and by that, I mean, the Imperium or Goon Swarm fought Test or Legacy in the Fountain War. So they had become enemies at one point after being friends. Then Test actually, after losing that war, went into a period of, having to recreate itself, which it did with a Goon Swarm ally, Vili. Uh, he was a Goon Swarm FC, and then he moved over to Test, and over time rebuilt that area, rebuilt that group. Uh, that group also included an FC called Pro God Legend. It was from Nully Segunda, who was actually a sworn enemy of Goon Swarm. So it, Test became this really interesting place where you had a former Goon Swarm FC and a former anti-Goon Swarm FC. So at a certain point, when the clouds formed perfectly, there came a northern invasion that had most alliances that were on the board and some low-sec alliances moving up north to evict the long-standing empire of the Imperium. At the time, it was called CFC. In doing so, Test joined the enemies of Goon Swarm and the Imperium and... Uh, and it's not like they hadn't fought before. And it managed to evict Goon Swarm and the Imperium, uh, which forced them to move away from the area. And they ended up down in Delve, where they rebuilt themselves into a juggernaut. So that bad blood remained when Test was itself evicted from the north by NC Dot Pandemic Legion, which forced them to go south. And so when they arrived, this was about two years ago in January, maybe three. Uh, there was a question, was Imperium going to exact revenge on Test now that they were both in the South? And the opportunity arose because when Legacy arrived in the South, there was people, there were people living there that belonged to Stain and Stainwagon, and those were allies of the Imperium. So a war started, the war of settlement for Test and Legacy 
And uh, they ended up winning that war because Stain fell apart and Goon Swarm was, I think at the time, too weak to really invest a lot of time into a campaign that wasn't going anywhere. So in order to repair that rift, they needed to produce uh, some propaganda in the form of Imperial Legacy. They put out videos and they talked about, no, no, these guys are friends. They're friendly. And we're signing a non-invasion pact and we're going to stand stronger united against uh, our common enemies, which would have been NCPL and uh, Horde and so forth. And that's where it stood for a, a pretty good amount of time. At least how am I doing on this? I mean, I think you got the broad strokes pretty perfectly. Um, I, I do remember a moment and it was kind of like one of the last moments where I was still leading Pandemic Legion. Uh, we were fighting Test um, and not like we weren't like, we want Test to die. Um, but Test obviously wanted to, after the World War B, they wanted to settle down. They wanted space of their own. And we we're just like, eh, <laughs> like we're bored already. Let's let's shoot someone else. How about we shoot you? Oh no, okay, well, we're gonna shoot you anyway. Um, and there was like a conversation, and they're like, hey, if you keep fighting us, Pandemic Legion, NC Dot, Horde, Panfam, we're gonna have to blue goons. We're gonna have to like be bros with the Imperium. And I remember that conversation. I, I was talking to Vince and he was like, so what should we do? And I'm pretty sure my reaction was like, just, just let them be friends. Like, I don't, that's, that's going to be horrible for them. Uh, and I still stand by <laughs> that to this day that it was like a terrible decision for them. Um, but like, it's, it's very much like Panfam forced uh, Test's hand into that, or at least that's, that's how they felt. Uh, that they were forced to be allies with the Imperium. And in, the Imperium loved it, right? They're like, okay, these guys, uh, like these these guys that just evicted us out of like our long, long-standing home, they're now at each other's uh, throats and we can take this like chess piece and make it ours. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that's how the Imperium felt about that. So it was kind of like a win-win-win for everyone, but also a lose-lose-lose for everyone at the same time. And, and that's kind of been the NullSec meta for the last uh, three years or so. Okay, so now they need to reverse course on that uh, because, and this is the part that's interesting, and I think Vili made this point uh, on our daily shows, that there is no neutral state with the Imperium. Uh, so when he says we're, we're not going to do our invasion pact, um, and uh, the very next reaction was, from Imperium, well, this is a hell war and we're going after Test. And now I think the rhetoric has been uh, escalated, really directed at Test, not directed at Northern Coalition, not directed at Horde or PL. So it's definitely aimed at Test to eradicate them, to erase them. Um, something along the same language that the Imperium was used against Goonswarm when they were smaller, right? Like get them out of the game, eradicate them, erase them. And that kind of same rhetoric is now being used against Test. So my, take on that is, so my take on that is the Imperium, uh, they won't make the same mistake twice, right? The mistake they made in World War B, which is a uh, big war that happened a few years ago, is that they kind of underestimated everyone else. They're like, oh, these guys won't do this. Like these guys are, they have nothing against us. They would never work together to fight us. Um, and that was kind of the, the mistake they made because the rest of the game kind of banded together against them. And so now they don't want to be caught unprepared again. And so they got whiff or they got 
they probably got a little bit of hints of that legacy were going to reset them. And so that's when uh, the Imperium pulled all the way back. They pulled back from all their deployments. They said, oh, we're sitting in Delve. People are going to have to run to us. In a war, the person that invades is usually at a tactical disadvantage, right? So obviously when you're on your home, home soil, you've got a, a pretty big advantage. So the Imperium kind of said it there like, Oh, you're going to have to run at us. And they're also very much happy that they sussed this out before it happened. So the interesting thing is uh, when you talk about like running an alliance and stuff like that, it's a lot of it is managing expectations and kind of like um, having a, a certain narrative. So the Imperium, their narrative from what I, I can gather is, hey, look, these guys were going to reset us our Intel network sussed it out before it ever happened and we're now prepared. So now when Tess doesn't full on invade Delve, the Imperium are at a win, right? Like they just obviously win because they, they foresaw this coming and they reacted and they saved their lands. So I, I think that's how they're trying to position it right now. Which doesn't so mean they that they're like trying to spin or anything. That's that's their actual view of things. And you know, Vili is absolutely right that there is no neutral state with goons. You're either with them or against them. There's no in between. And you, right? There's no in between. And sometimes you're forced to make a decision because they force you into it. Like maybe Fed Federation Uprising, I think, had a situation where they lived in a small part of uh, I want to say Placid or Syndicate. It must have been Syndicate. Um, and Goonswarm said, we're putting a keep star down, like it or not. And they're like, okay, we like it. <laughs> you know, so you're in. So, but that's what happens when you're the alpha uh, on the, you know, on the server. But the, um, what's the, what's the narrative coming out of the other side of the Imperium? Have you sensed anything? Uh, so I'm not entirely sure. They just, from what I can gather, the the legacy people, they just didn't want to be blue in it or they didn't want to be, we don't call it blue. It's called like an agreement blue. So you're not really blue, but you can't really fight either. Um, so I think they, they just were like, hey, you know what? We're tired of being on friendly terms with these people. We don't want to have to be. That doesn't mean we're going to be like full on invading the Imperium because that's insane. Um, it just means that, you know, they just don't want to be closely tied to them anymore. And I think that's probably what they're going to play out a little bit more. And I suspect that both sides are trying to goad the other one into invading them. Uh, so we'll see who like, we'll see who's better at like setting the bait, you know? Um, yeah. so that, that should be interesting. I don't see anyone in their right mind invading Delve. Right. So that would be absolutely insane. I don't likewise, I don't see anyone. I don't see the Imperium like just going into Esoteria and just like bulldozing it. I think they'll probably mess around like Paragon Soul, Pure Blind or not Pure Blind, uh, but that little area and mm -hmm. maybe like Quirious, <laughs> like someone will fight over there. The space that nobody really cares about and they yeah. can rally their yeah. members. They can. I think another big thing is they can rally their line members and say, "Hey, war is coming. Uh, log in. You know, I know that you guys are, are bummed out because you can't run twenty five oracles anymore. But you know, all of that, all of that farming was for for this. So get back, and then you know, everyone, people come back. You hit critical mass for certain other fleets. You can do other stuff. Yeah. 
So um, is there anything coming out of Northern Coalition, Horde, Pandemic Legion? Is there any consolidation of messaging that going on? Like we're trying to filter out the narrative so people can kind of see like what's what's going on. There's a lot of psychological warfare involved in this. I don't suspect. So I, I'm not privy to those conversations anymore. So I, I oh, don't suspect. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's okay. I, I get to hear them, but I don't get to like do anything else. I just get to be like a the observer. Um, but I, I don't suspect that uh, Pan Fan will go, we'll see this and go, oh, time to invade legacy. Right. So, so I don't right. think that makes them allies at all. Um, yeah. They've like worked together very tenuously before uh, in evicting uh, Sword Dragons Coalition. But I don't know if people remember that too well, but uh, like, Legacy, actually, it wasn't even Legacy, it was just Test. Test made like their own front in Declan that was like a full region and a half away from the front lines because they didn't want to be like, so they didn't want to like uh, run into each other, right? Because at the time it was still Fraternity that was working with Pan Fam and those guys had just gotten out of a huge war. So Test didn't want to be working with Fraternity, but they also wanted to be working against Sword Dragons group. So they, they just like found a little hole in the back somewhere and did the, did some work. Well, that's what makes this whole thing interesting. I mean, they're sworn enemies, fraternity and test, uh, well, legacy coalition. Um, and here they, uh, in the North were attacking the same target. And, but it seems like the middle of that distance between fraternity and legacy is Horde sitting in the middle there. Yeah, the Horde, like that's the key. Horde puts himself into a, like a, a very awkward, not awkward position, but a very mm, important decision, right? So Horde and Legacy have worked together with the Tranquility Keepstar stuff, right? They've got an agreement together. But then Horde is also friends with Fraternity, and Fraternity was also fighting Legacy. But then when the fighting got really strong, Horde like didn't show up to timers. So they're kind of like, I don't want to say they're playing all sides, but uh, they're politicking around very, very carefully. Uh, they don't want to be bogged down in, in someone else's uh, wars. Yeah. It's also the risk of overpromising. And uh, uh, yeah, I can imagine it's really interesting that the, the diplomatic dance that is going around uh, between legacy fraternity Horde and PL, because PL has a has a record with uh, Test as well, right? You guys collided a few times. One of the biggest battles in the last years, um, I think maybe one of the most important battles in EVE history is uh, UALX, where PL was a prominent figure in that attack. So strange diplomatics going on. Yeah, but even yeah, the one thing in the, to be remembering in EVE Online is that uh, people have a very short memory. Right. Like it's all about what can you do for me now instead of what did you do later? I think if you play Eve in such a way where you hold grudges, you will lose. You will absolutely lose if you hold a grudge that's like a 10 year grudge. Um, I think it's it's cool to like that tactic is good for the short term to have a, a short term grudge, but to hold on to it in a meaningful way. And I, I also assume every alliance leader believes this as well because no one holds a, a long-term grudge even if even if they say they do they actually don't uh so it's all about like what can you do for me next yeah
And that's that begs the, and this will be the last part of it. The thing about uh, how or it's it's now test turn test turn on the chopping block. Uh, that was three three years ago, right? Like, it's a pretty long time to be to wait to get revenge. Like, it just seems to me that it's um, it's a narrative convenience to say, oh, remember that time when these guys screwed with us? Well, now it's payback. But it's been like there's a statute of limitations on that. Well, uh, I mean, that's, like, the, that's <laughs> the thing, though, right? Like when you position yourself, you can just pick any little piece of information and be like, oh, remember that one time where they hated us? This is payback <laughs> for that. And then like, oh, remember that time they helped us? We turned them into a valuable ally from a horrible... Like you can just pick and choose whatever you want because so much stuff, is, everything is so tangled in email online now. There's no like... There's no like one side versus another side. As fun as it is to say that. Yeah. I'm sure if PL walked up to the Imperium right now and be like, yo, you want to be bros? They would be like, yeah, sure. Okay. Sounds good. We, we got to make a couple videos to like pave over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give us we'll some, some, uh, some meme videos about it. And then Reddit will just go crazy. And that's all, that's all people need, right? They just you remember when goons crazy. helped us in the North 10 years ago against the, the, the Russian menace. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny, right? So we can like pull apart uh, the Imperium and uh, Pandemic Legion work together. Like our last contract, our last official contract ever was a contract from the Imperium to kill Noli Secunda, uh, which is Pro God's Corp, right? So we can, and also it was Killer Bee's uh, alliance. So we can, like, if you wanted to, to like do that. Obviously, this is me just like being completely spitballing random hypotheticals to illustrate an idea. This is not going to happen. Um, but, you know, you could just say, hey, you remember that time uh, PL killed Kill a Bee and Pro God Legend? Let's, let's do it again. Let, let's go for round two. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think back too, and this affected you dramatically, but the uh, Blue Melon... Um, took some uh, ships from you guys, some Alliance tournament ships that I guess he was entrusted with them and he decided he was going to keep them, uh, essentially taking them. Uh, they were worth a ton. And his uh, way of doing that was to put a post up saying like, well, this is revenge for something that had happened many years ago. Uh, I think you probably doubted the, the authenticity of that grudge. Yeah, because we actually, so uh, this is kind of a funny story. So he blamed, uh, he cited the fact that he got recruitment scammed uh, into going actually into my, my corporation, <laughs> someone who is not a director, his corp title is not a director, um, recruit, used to recruitment scam people. Yeah. And what <laughs> he would do is he'd be like, okay, yeah, you can join. You just got to eject from your super because at the time you couldn't. Uh, put an application unless you were in a station. So it's like, all you got to do is like eject from your super and warp to this station and uh, then you're good to go. And so, so what happened was uh, he chose a very specific system for this to work in. Uh, if you were in LOSEC, you had to go to this one system called Aristald. It's the only place we had an office, quote unquote. And it also happened to be 180 AU warp from the POS that we set up to the station, which in a pod takes substantial time. 
So what he would do is he'd invite people to go into this POS. He'd set a POS password for them. So the people would go in and check it to make sure it's authentic. They'd wait for no one to be in the system um, because that's how you're, you're safe. They check the password again. They'd sign up their Titan in, put it into the POS, eject and go out to this station, put in the application. The application would flash the mail. Then this guy, this devious party, would log into the POS jump into their ship, which is currently unpiloted, and then just reject the application and change the POS password so the guys can't get in. And because it was such a long warp, it would take like a minute and a half of warping in a capsule. Uh, he had like this this kind of little window to do it in. That's wild. But, so but cheeky. The, the, the reason, yeah, you players are super uh, creative when it comes to um, being jerks. But the reason why I doubt that this was actually his reason for doing it is because he joined later into a different corp. And we felt so bad that we had scammed his Titan that we gave it back to him. <laughs> so I don't think he uh, I, I don't think the Titan was the reason he wanted to exact revenge. Just, well, getting, just getting rid of all the awkward moments in the uh, in comics. <laughs> to Matterell's point, it makes for a good post uh, to say, oh, this <laughs> happened to me once. So you can you can definitely pick and choose the facts that you want when uh, creating a narrative to motivate people to in your alliance. Yeah, so so take that for what you did to me when I was, you know, a teenager. Um, yeah, okay, so that, and that, I think also if you're around an Eve to give some, here's the reality of it, right? You need to motivate people to have fun. You need to motivate them to log in and to have fun. And that's what's going on here. So even though we're breaking through narratives and talking about, and this is what, you know, is kind of odd. The idea that uh, the Matani or that Vili or, or anybody creates narratives is to get people hyped up, incentivized to do a thing. Cause it's hard to wake up in the middle of the night to fight a cyber war, you know, virtual war. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's also a reason where if you look at leaders of alliances and coalitions that are successful in EVE Online, um, they're the same names, right? So FCs come and go. That, that's a given, even though it does seem like they, some of the bigger FCs do stay around for periods of like five, seven years. But alliance leaders and coalition leaders, like if you look at them, really around since the beginning of the game dawn of time yeah yeah the matani is probably like the youngest or like the freshest and he's been leading that uh alliance since like 2008 you have gobbins who's been around since delve one you have vince draken who's been around since forever too like these people have been around since the beginnings of the game and they're still like they are so good at motivating um their alliances and their coalitions that the uh, they they're kind of irreplaceable, right? Like that, that level of, uh, I don't know, just that level of motivation. It, you, you can't like just recreate it by coming up with a, a funny Reddit post or something like that. It, it does take uh, a certain level of experience and a certain level of gravitas to be able to, to pull it off. And it's why these people are all the same. Uh, okay, I don't want to say all the same, but it's why these people are in the, the positions of power that they are. Because people who are who do a better who do a worse job at it, their alliances die because they can't motivate their their people to do, uh, you know, tasks to to keep them alive. Yeah, and it's it's something that's very admirable too. I think it's easy to sit back in your armchair and be like, "Oh, the Matani doesn't do anything. He just posts on Twitter." 
Um, or like Vince Draken doesn't play the game anymore. But, but like what they actually do to keep these massive, massive groups in check is, is very impressive. And it's something that should be um, appreciated. Or at least admi- yeah. admired in some some capacity. Even if you don't like the people behind them, you have to respect what the what they can do. On some level, that that is their gameplay, and they are good at it, and they have survived, and that's why they continue to do it. But they found ways to do it that doesn't take up all their time. Uh, that just seems very natural. That's why when uh, we were talking about when Sword Dragons Coalition was being invaded. Um, I think we had a pretty funny back and forth. You were like, oh, I think he's going to be gone for the game forever. And I was like, nah, there's no way you'll get rid of Sword Dragon, right? He's lasted so long. If he wants to, he will continue finding a way to make himself relevant. Unfortunately, (laughs) I was horribly wrong on that one. But I do maintain that if he wanted to play Eve still, he would would have a place being an alliance leader. I'm sure he'll figure something out. I'm pretty sure he's gone, right? Like, yeah. Well, at least probably. he's taking a break. Yeah, he's, he's, probably, he's probably just. I think he's just relaxing right now. Like he's just chilling out. Like he's figuring out what he wants to do next. He's actually disappeared before, though, hasn't he? Like he seems to reemerge. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah. In some ways. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. That's the war report. Um, going uh, talking about narratives. Some of the stuff you've seen. I think it's pretty hot and heavy on the Imperium side because they have actual news channels. The uh, fraternity doesn't, uh, NC doesn't, um, test doesn't, um, and we're not their news channel, but they do show up here. We've invited the, the Imperium to show up just as much, um, or they're always a, welcome to show up here, but they, I think they prefer to use their channels to communicate, which is understandable, but, um, we'll, uh, definitely try to break through narratives and give you guys like the, uh, the most, uh, insightful information that we can from a, a neutral perspective. And if okay. we can't, and if we can't, we'll try and balance the narratives at least. Yeah, exactly. We'll do what we can. Uh, okay. So the next part of the show is, uh, I'm going to actually reverse course here and have Katya come in next. Uh, let's bring in Katya. Hello, Katya. You're on the air here with us. Welcome. It's good to see you again. Oh, you caught me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, no warning. I should have uh, shot a flare and said, we're coming for you, but I'm just dragging you in because I want you to be part of this segment in the next. And uh, Katya Say, who you all know as um, one of the historic figures of EVE Online have circumvented, I call it circumventing, even though it's not the right word for it, all of EVE Online. In other words, flew to every system that exists that players can fly to without getting destroyed once. Uh, it's an amazing feat, so big, in fact, and not only is it historic, but CCP made a gigantic statue of his character or her in, is it Say So? Yeah, you know, it's either Seisho or Saisho. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, honestly. Saisho system, Sideshow sounds funny, so Say So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Say So because it's kind of like Katya Say, they'll remind me, uh, in the forge. So if you ever go there, you can have a look at that amazing statue. It is much bigger than it looks on TV. Well, welcome again, Katya. Um, this time we brought you on because you were part of a really cool program that happened a few days ago, or was it yesterday, on CCP Twitch, where they reviewed the beauty of EVE Online. They did. Yeah, that was actually on Friday. 
uh, stream that they had. They invited me and Mark726 of Eve Travel as, as well to provide some background commentary and whatnot on seeing some of the sites that New Eden has to offer. One of which, of course, is the very uh, monument that you're showing right there, um, which I was just honored and thrilled to be asked to be on the stream, especially with Mark. I've, I've always looked up to Mark and, and used his Maybe. website as a point of inspiration. Well, Mark726, I didn't see him on there. Was he on the show or was he just invited? He, he came on later. He was late to it, but he was on probably about halfway through to the end. Yeah, he's an honored, uh, he's an honored person, too. Uh, from CCP because uh, he's done so much work to lay out the, uh, well, we'll call them landmarks, but they're really in space, uh, landmarks of EVE Online. So if if you wanted to, as an explorer, you could use his site as a guide to roam around and see the interesting uh, sites and statues and memorials and whatever else that's uh, out there. Yeah, absolutely. It is the site to go to if you if you're an explorer. All right. So what was it like seeing, uh, being on that stream and what were some of the highlights for you? <laughs> well, you know, I got stories, how long you got, right? Um, <laughs> it, it started with being invited by CCP ice cream earlier in the week. And, uh, it, we kind of had some back and forth. I'm like, you know, we'd like to have you on when we visit your monument and you can answer some questions. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I could do that. And I asked, you know, are you, you, gonna, you doing this live? Are you showing previous footage or what? And he's like, no, we'll probably show previous footage. Okay, that's cool. And uh, like five minutes before we go live, he's like going, all right, so we all ready? And I'm like, we all ready? Yeah, we're good. He says, okay, you know, where are you at? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, we're actually going to go visit these things. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dressed. I'm not dressed. Yeah, exactly. I'm not dressed. I wasn't prepared to actually go. Uh, but no, they actually went around live to visit these sites. Uh, I opted out of that part because literally I was not expecting that. I got a little disappointed because my court mates were like going, are they going to be there live? Because we'd love to do fireworks and have a hug fleet kind of thing. And I said, no, I think it's going to be previous footage and whatnot. Uh, so, but it ended up being live, which was, which was really awesome. But uh well, they got fireworks there. Take a breath there. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's, I, I still kind of tell my court mates, it's all very surreal still to me. Uh, it's hard to believe to be invited on that. I know folks weren't on there to necessarily hear me ramble or, or whatnot uh, about my journey. They were really there to see the results of the Eva's Beautiful Contest, which was really awesome. I, and a huge shout out to all the winners. I mean, I could not have picked among those the best. They, they were all outstanding. So McLeod, who won the contest? I know you entered it. Do you know who won? Well, have a, have a guess. Have it a guess. Resorian. Who, yeah, Resorian uh, yeah, was the first place spot. I was going to say surprise, like, you know, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a court mate of mine, you know, I, I might be a little biased, but uh, if I had to choose, it, it definitely would have been his and I, and I don't know who all the, the names of the winners were, unfortunately. I'm sure there'll be a post about it uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, but there was one that, that had a corpse in front of the sun that was just amazing. And, and if I had to choose, it would have been that one of Resorians, honestly. Let's see if I can nice. find that one. But yeah, it was beautiful. Well, we'll have a look at it. Um, so they went to describe a little bit what, what was explored on that stream. 
Oh, man, we hit a lot of sites, a lot more than I, I ever thought we would. Uh, obviously, we hit, you know, like BTAC-R, and we hit the Steve Rack, uh, Eve Gate, uh, the, the huge fleets, you know, the Amarian fleet, and uh, went to Luminaire all over the place. I, I was really surprised at all the content that they managed to, to squeeze into that. Uh, of course, it ended up running, you know, pretty long because we did about three hours, I think. But... Uh, it, it was definitely all the top 17 sites that Aurora posted about not too long ago, and, and then some. It was a lot of stuff. Wow, it was a three-hour stream, uh, basically touring EVE Online with Mark726, who really wrote the book on places to see in EVE, and with Katya, who's like the EVE's best uh, sailor, I guess, uh, historically. That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was an honor to be asked and to take part in that. I, I hope folks enjoyed it. I, I'm, re you know, I'm really nervous with stuff like that. I'm even nervous now talking to you. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still haven't really gotten used to this kind of thing, but uh, I'm glad I, I did it. Uh, it was great fun and, and just a pleasure to be a part of it. Well, good. And thanks for being a good sport. We dragged you in here short notice. Uh, <laughs> and it's... Uh, I mean, we do this all the time, so it's not intimidating to us, but it must be intimidating to, to get thrown into a situation like this. Um, I'll make you say my name a hundred times for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll write it on the chalkboard. Say well, now say so. I got it, you know. I'm going to call so, you uh, uh, Katya Say So. <laughs> so yeah. no, okay, so Makai's showing some great uh, works up there. Those are some of the shots that were taken yeah. by players unedited screenshots right like you can't process these these are just correct they had to be submitted yeah. unprocessed yes yeah, so these are totally unprocessed um the the one that we have up at the moment is actually uh resorian's winning one so like you want to know what a winning uh looks like that is it all right awesome and that is the uh, rare of us and the, the first system to be controlled by the triglavians in, in the invasion and he's flying like a, a Zephyr, which is like one of the coolest little ships they gave away like years ago by now. But yeah, it's one of those ships that actually doesn't really get shot by uh, by NPCs in any area of space. If you're flying, as far as I remember. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for hanging out, Katia. If you want, uh, stick around. We're going to do the next uh, segment here with Chappie and talk about that event if you want. But if you have to leave, we understand. No, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to take part in that. Okay, let's drag them in. All right, welcome, guys. Um, we, should, we should have like a 30-second break now that I think about it to do these transitions for segments. Uh, I think that would probably be pretty good, like go to a commercial or something. <clears throat> but uh, you guys get to see the behind the scenes, so here you go. <laughs> All right, I... Next, I'd like to introduce, again, uh, someone that kind of needs no introduction these days, and that is uh, Chappie uh, Akoski. How are you doing, Chappie? Doing good, doing good. All right. Uh, with him, we have uh, Marathia, uh, who will talk about uh, this event that happened on Tuesday, and over 2,000 players slugged it out. Uh, we'll talk about how that came to be. And, uh, and what happened there? Hello, everyone. Hello, Marathi. Good. Nice to see you here. Okay. So let's start from the very beginning, uh, and talk about, let's talk about how this came together and then we'll talk about, 
uh, Chappie's um, um, personal history and some of the personal things that are going on with him. But first, let's reverse it and talk about the event itself. Um, how did it? How did it start, Chappie? Uh, well, I mean, collecting people. Uh, like, how did how did you first say, "Let's do this"? Uh, uh, me, uh, me personally, I got some bad news. Uh, the, my friend Astrothy, uh, uh who I go to and talk to about uh, all kinds of stuff because uh, he's kind of like a battle buddy, uh, which is an army term uh, or a military term, um, a confidant. And I informed him uh, what was going on uh, with my situation. He's like, well, let's go out on the fleet. And I said, all right, I need to go blow up something anyway. Let's go. While we're there, I just – Happened. We we were getting ready, and I saw some uh, a guy yanked on a, 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 a gate on the way in, and I was like, "Huh, you know what? I want to go blow up my capital ships." And Ash was like, "Why?" I said, "Well, I said, why not? You know, I'm not going to be here much longer. I ain't got much time left. I'm not going to be able to keep my accounts up because I'm going to have to try to come up with money to deal with bills and everything else that's going to come up." So. uh I'm just going to get rid of everything and uh, blow up my capitals. He said, that's cool. We could do it on your, uh, uh, we, we, we can get a fleet up uh, this weekend. I said, well, so instead of this weekend, won't we do it on my birthday? He said, when's your birthday? I said, Tuesday. Now, mind you, this was Sunday that we talked about this. So I'm like, okay, I will do it. So it comes up Monday and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just jump my gate, uh, my, my Phoenix round and, uh, and just and blow it up for nothing, you know. I, I want to have fun with it. And one of the people in the uh, uh, fleet that we're in was, well, why would you gate a carrier? And you're losing. I said, well, that's the point. <laughs> but I said, I want to get some friends in and, and actually make it fun. Because if I just jump this thing in gate to gate, it's going to die quick. It's not going to be any interesting to me. It's not going to be any fun. So, of course, then I contact Tort. Now, mind you, this was uh, Monday uh, when I contacted toward Monday afternoon. Uh, I contacted him while I was watching your show uh, on Monday. And um, I was like, well, instead of just telling Horde, I'm going to, you know, at least tell you. And maybe you would, you know, whenever you'd get a chance, you could say something and see about getting some more people coming in. So, of course, you know, I texted you, told you everything that was going on. And everything, and then of course CCP's uh, show come on later that day. So I was like, "Well, if I'm going to be doing all this, I'm going to at least tell CCP how I feel, and let them know how much I love the game, all that." And I wasn't expecting them to even get involved in. It. I just wanted to tell them how much I loved the game. You know, I was getting a little, you know, depressed and everything, and I just, I was basically trying to tell all the people that you know. I cared about, and of course, I do care about CCP. They gave me the game that I love, and I wanted them to know before I couldn't have a chance to tell them. So I told them later that evening, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Gobbins sees my uh, message, and uh, he's like, Chappie, I remember you were there. One of my guys will contact you. We'll let you know. Uh, we'll get all the details and let you know what could be done. I was like, cool. That's great. So I'm telling everybody, hey, we got Horde. We're going to have fun. I at least figure 20, 25 people 
at the most. That's all I was actually thinking was going to come so far. Uh, of course, hadn't heard nothing from CCP yet. Uh, wasn't expecting to hear anything from CCP yet. Then all of a sudden, of course, you come in and you say, hey, Chappie, I've read your message. I, I, you know, hey, I'm going to say something about it. You know, stay strong. You, you know, you sent me a very good message, a very kind and generous message. And it meant a lot to me. And I was like, man, this is, you know, this is a cool guy. You know, he, he cares. And uh, I, was, I was a little excited, you know, because you actually took the time to, to respond to me. So, uh, of course, you know, I, we, we conversated and, and, you know, it grew from there. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the uh, FC from Horror contacts me and uh, says, we got your back. We're going to surprise you. We'll be there. I gave, uh, you know, the information of where I wanted to go to. And he said, we're going to be there and we're going to bring some surprises. I said, okay, that's great. I'm thinking 20, 25 people. Maybe they're going to bring a couple in, uh, a couple carriers or something. You know, something cheap. You know, one of their like riding carriers or something to come take out my uh, Phoenix and my carrier. You know, nothing major, nothing expensive, or that couldn't be replaced easily. So I'm, you know, I wasn't really, you know, expecting. But I'm still thinking 25, 50 people at the most, not counting my fleet or my corp. So of course, all of a sudden, CCP comes in. And says, hey. How you doing? I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, this is a CCP convict. And I was like, do what? He said, yeah, this is CCP. I said, you kidding me? <laughs> because in our Discord, his name don't come up CCP convict. I said, you're lying. He said, no, I'm CCP convict. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking. That, I'm thinking this guy's pulling my leg. I'm not thinking this is the real guy. So, of course, he comes in and goes, hey, Tell me what's going on. He said, I've read your message. We was having trouble with the, the stream and everything. I couldn't say anything then. I wanted to, but I couldn't. So that's fine. And I told him everything. So he started getting all these detailed uh, questions asking. I mean, like, what system? What time? How many people? He said, forget the amount of people. He said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put in a uh, request to have the system secured. And so it don't crash. And I was like, okay. Now I, I, I tried telling him, you know, I'm not expecting that many people. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe 15, 20 people, uh, at most 100 people, at most. And he's like, okay. And he, he, he sounded like, yeah, like you could tell in his voice, like, yeah, you think so. He said, by the way, he said, I want you to make a uh, post on uh, the form, send it to me, and I'm going to tweet it. I said, yes, sir. Okay. I'm not thinking anything about it. You know, I'm thinking this guy's going to forget. He's a, he's, he's a game developer. He's not going to whatever. I make a thing, send it to him. The next morning I wake up to, now mind you, at this time I only had 17 friends on my, my, my Discord. I wake up the next morning. I have over 1,500 friend requests to my uh, Discord. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Uh, I've got messages galore. I couldn't even go through all the messages. I'm trying to go through the messages. It took me 45 minutes to go through messages. Apparently, Horde went out and started contacting 
their contacts with goons and test and brave and all that. So I'm getting, I'm getting messages from brave. I'm getting messages from text, conk, all these people. I'm like, okay. So apparently maybe we're going to have about two, 300 people. I'm like, okay, you know, this is going to be fun. You know, two, 300 people. That's a, a good size battle. You know, that's an average war battle. I mean, you know, I'm thinking, ah, right, this is cool. You know, we're going to get somewhere. And I'm thinking mostly subcaps. Horde will probably bring in maybe one or two carriers to kind of fight off mine and, you know, make it interesting. Uh, so I'm still, you know, not convinced that it's going to be this big deal. All day long, it goes on. Uh, the actual day, Tuesday, my birthday, the 23rd, I, it, it's going and going and going. I'm getting messages after messages after messages of people call, uh, saying they're going to be there. I come to your show. After I do your show, I get even more messages of people coming in. And it's just it, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, okay, this, this is getting out of hand. I mean, this is really getting out of hand. This is, I don't know how I'm going to actually pull this off. So all of a sudden, TED Talk comes in, uh, and, and somebody from TED Talk introduces himself to me. said, hey, we saw your situation on Reddit and Twitch, and uh, our Twitter, our tweet, or whatever it's called. I don't even <laughs> know. I haven't, I haven't even heard of this thing until <laughs> they tell me about it. And I'm like, do what? And I was like, what's Reddit and what's Twitch, Twitter, whatever. And they said, oh, this is, you know, you know, have you ever heard of people saying we tweet about things? I said, yeah, I thought it was like uh, hangouts or something where people just texted each other. No, it's a, a mass thing. I said, really? So they had to explain this to me. And mind you, I don't know who in the world TED Talk is. Uh, so at, at least at this time, these people are interviewing, and they, they talk to me about everything. And this is uh, – they was like, we want to interview. I said, sure. And they was like, do you have time? And I said, well, I've got 30 minutes before my fleet. Uh, so, sure, I don't mind sitting down and talking to you. Uh, and they was like, great. So we, we talked. Yeah. And they explained to me who they are, that they're an elite uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. And, but you told them, I, I got priorities. I got a fleet. So you got 30 yeah. minutes to talk. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm telling TED Talk, I have 30 minutes to talk. And they're like, cool, that's great. You know, we, you know, this won't take long. And they said, do you mind after the fleet if we contact you again and get an after report? And I was like, yeah, sure. Then I can talk all you want to. So I'm telling them everything, you know, and I'm explaining Eve and I'm telling them how much I love Eve. And I'm actually building up Eve. I'm, I'm not even talking about myself. And they're like, do you not like talking about yourself? I said, oh, no, I don't mind talking about myself. But I said, to be honest with you, this whole thing, it's me to give back to Eve. It has nothing to do with me. I can care less of what goes on with me. I said, this is me showing Eve how much I love Eve. And that's it. it that's my birthday is a, a gift for me to Eve. And they's like, well, that's actually really cool. And I said, well, thank you. And I said, do you play Eve? And they's like, uh, not really. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I told them how to make an alpha account. I sat there and I said, you come to, uh, when you get in there, you let me know. I'll get you to my station. I'll give you a ship. You can come on the fleet. My and I God. said, okay. So I got TED Talk in the fleet. So you I actually you, got them. I recruited you, uh, TED Talk. You recruited TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, I recruited one of TED Talk's wow. uh, interviewers into Eve. It actually put them, the very first thing they ever did in Eve was get into a starter ship 
fly out to my fleet and have a, a battle. After the battle, while this is all going on, she she privately texts me. She goes, is this normal? I said, no. I said, this is very, very unnormal. I said, at the most, you might see a fight of maybe 100, 150 people, if that. I said, this is extremely, I didn't even expect this. I said, I'd be surprised if this ain't a, a, some kind of freaking record or something. I, I didn't expect it to get this big. And I'm like, whole- texting her this. I, I give you. Hold on one second, Chappie. We're going to come and pick it up right here. But first, I want to bring in Marathia and Liam. Uh, Liam's the wildebeest, or Liam's. Uh, and we want to just go, and from their point of view, what was happening um, right before this battle actually started? What kinds of things were happening? Well, um, like Chappie had said, we got really short notice um, of the event. <laughs> Gobbins reached out to me while I was at work on Monday and said, yeah, there's this thing going on. And I only found out about it about an hour ago. So we set to work, uh, Horde's logistics team got a whole bunch of hurricanes together, put in the overtime and got, a uh, about a hundred. So we were thinking, all right, we can get at least a hundred people. And then I reached out to a bunch of people that I knew. Um, I reached out to Spectre Fleet, uh, Samara and them and Virian. Um, as well as other FCs and tests and Brave and some of those groups through uh, the Arena Discord. And uh, just one by one, people were like, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. And it kind of just exploded. <laughs> Literally. Literally. And Liam, you were uh, one of the FCs. Um, what were your preparations like? Yeah, so I got kind of late notice. I was in Spectre Fleet and I saw that this was all going down and they were looking for someone to FC it and no one had significantly stepped up and said, yes, for sure. I'll do it with this comp. So I just kind of put in my two cents for it and it ended up falling to me and I didn't find out that I was going to be FCing it until about three hours before the fleet. <laughs> so, but, uh, it, it worked out great. Um, basically got to call for a classical doctrine of uh, gods of war, something that we don't get much chances to dust the paint off of because there's almost never big fights in low sec. And, Spectre Fleet through this event had one of the biggest form ups it's ever had. It was incredible. We formed oh, so how many? How many? Hundred and fifty at our peak, which for Spectre Fleet is it's that's insane. And this is our say it again. You got you got cut off. Say it one more time. Hundred and fifty people in fleet in ruptures that don't have prop mods. Wow. All right. So you get called. Uh, everything's happening at late notice here. That's one thing that we need to keep in mind. This event it was huge no doubt was also spontaneous practically the uh it evolved out of as you heard chappy explaining just the thought of doing something fun um because he was going to have to leave the game and he wanted to uh uh go out with a little bit of style on his birthday that was it um and from there hours later you have this incredible snowball effect it sounds chappy it sounds like uh uh, Gobbins or Horde was instrumental in in contacting people. That's what I'm. Uh, not just not just Horde. Uh, I had guys of my uh, in my court that I did not know about that were going down to test and brave and uh, goons and going into their sneaking into their staging areas, cloaking up and just basically spamming uh, locals wow. so they could get somebody to answer them. So they could tell them what was going on to try to get them to come in. So, I mean, it was people were going out and trying to go in because they knew that I wanted these guys to come in 
I wanted all the big guys to come in because I figured if I can get all the big guys to come in, a, a normal being in a pandemic cord and 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 darkness and things, I knew an average fleet, and I'm sure you know y'all all being in uh, if if y'all have been in the big the big ones. No, an average fleet is only about maybe 20, 25 people, 50 at the most. I mean, you really – you don't get that many people coming into fleets because usually, you know, there's real life. So I'm thinking if I can at least get a couple people, you know, if they even show up. Because a lot of people say, yeah, sure, we're going to show up and never do. So when all this is going on, I'm still not thinking that it's going to be a big deal. And then all of a sudden, I, when I get through with the uh, interview – all I hear in the background and in my ear, because I had my headset on, was uh, Astrothy and the other guys in court saying, uh, Chappie will be in in a minute. Uh, he, he's doing an interview. And uh, or, can somebody text them local? We'll get him in the fleet as, as quick as possible. Just calm down. We're, we're trying to go as fast as we can. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm just barely hearing this in the background. And... Uh, I get through the interview. I get Ted talk to try to come in. They actually come in. They get there. Uh, I'm looking, and I was sitting in my local in Pimene. There's 200, 250 people. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And uh, before we left, we had to start a new fleet. We couldn't even, we literally filled up an entire fleet before I even left. We had to start a, a second fleet to, to come along. Yeah, we had a very similar thing here. I was expecting maybe we'd get 50, 100 people tops. And uh, within four minutes of putting the Horde fleet up, we were at 225 people and we had to start an overflow fleet. So uh, stay with me. And it was just like, okay. Uh, and we kept growing on the way to, to, to London. So it was just like absolutely crazy. And of course, the closer we got, we was going into tie-dye just trying to get there. It was crazy. It was so like, all right, this is interesting. <laughs> and then of course CCP shows up and I'm like, holy crap, we got CCP and comms with us and we're going here and it's like great. And uh so we get in there and then all of a sudden it's just like holy crap, there's two thousand people. Two thousand people waiting for you. It hit two thousand and they was like, wait a minute, it's still growing. We actually, they said at one time we got up to 2,000, anywhere from 2,300 to 2,600 people at, at one particular time. It kept growing up and down. It was hard to really tell because we broke local. Local kept growing so quick we couldn't get an accurate count. Uh, and it kept going up and down with people dying that were already in there that were dying and then coming back. And it was just, it was ridiculous. And, uh, I know we checked. Uh, we broke Z kill board. <laughs> uh, literally, we broke it. They, they, he, the guy actually tw uh, made a Reddit thing about it. Now, so why Tenundin? Why that system specifically? It's a low sex system. Uh, what drew you to it? Uh, well, I was talking with um, the actual CCP. Uh, I originally thought Tenundin because that's where my Phoenix was. Um, and then also he's like, that's actually a pretty good place because it's equal distance from Amar, Jita, and Dodixie. So if anybody come in from a major alliance and wanted to go in or uh, come in from one of those uh, major trade hubs to fleet up and then just come in from there, it wasn't that far to go. 
there's a very easy way to get in, uh, which I figured a lot of people would do um, because it'd be a far way to go. But come to find out, we had capitals out that I never thought would be there. And it was just like, and I know they had to have jumped a long way because some of these capitals, if they had tried to buy them and then come in, the closest one was seven jumps away. So, well, it was definitely interesting. Some of us didn't have that far to go. Um, Miser Nitra happened to actually only be three jumps away. So it was quite convenient. Right. So this battle has started. Chappie, you roll into it. 2,000 people there. Some shooting fireworks, right? When you were leaving the station, there's a bunch of fireworks. You get there. There's a ton of people. And I think uh, where you, you did, was it you that said, let's fight by the sun? Uh, actually, I was trying to find a place to go. Uh, we never said an exact place to go. And I was like, do we make a safe or what do we do? I mean, I've never had a fleet this big. Where do we go that we could actually go and fight that won't destroy, you know, the people that live there's stuff. I was thinking if we go to a planet, there's always a chance that we might destroy somebody's uh, planet. Uh, uh, PI structures and stuff like that. And I didn't want to, you know, hurt anybody's livelihood there. And then Ash was like, uh, why not the sun? I said, all right, let's meet up at the sun. 1v1 at the sun. Uh, we both agreed. So everybody just started putting it out there. Let's go to the sun. Uh, it was the last second thing. Uh, it was the only place that I, any of us could think. We even was thinking about maybe going to a mining field, but I didn't want to mess with that in case anybody that was living there was out mining. You know, I was trying to be respectful of the people that stayed there. And, uh, of course, if they saw the, the, the local jump up like that, they probably docked up as soon as they got there and just logged off thinking it was a, all of a sudden people were just coming in to destroy the entire system, which <laughs> probably could have with that fleet. I love but that. Anyway. Like, in the scope of everything that's going on, you get 2,000 people and you still are like, man, I don't want to like wreck anything here. Where can I go that's out of the way? Like as these people are just wanting to, to hurl their bodies and celebrate with you, you still have that like <laughs> that that level of like empathy in your body that's like, let's go somewhere out of the way so we don't wreck this place. That's absolutely astounding to me. That's one of the things I would never have considered. Uh, yeah, I've... So, so my, there you my, are. My, my livelihood is, is definitely uh, caused me to be a lot more empathetic than I used to be, I would have to say. Mm. So there you are. You have a ton of people in system. You say, let's go 1K v 1K at the sun. Uh, everybody jumps up to the sun. Thousands of people slugging it out. Um, McLeod, maybe we can see some of those pictures when you get a chance. The sun bathed everybody in this really otherworldly uh, orange. It, it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, when I first came, the 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 nice thing about it was everybody's expecting Chappie seventy eight Chapman, which is my main character. That's who I'm known as. Uh, the care uh, the name of uh, the guy that I'm on Discord on is a D and D guy that I uh, uses a D and D thing, and it just happened to carry over. I don't know how to change it, uh, so it's just been my Discord for a while now. Uh, but that's not who I am. Chappie 78 Chapman and Eve. Well, when I get in there, everybody sees April. So I'm safe. You know, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm going to get on some kills cause nobody's noticing me. I'm April right now. 
because I had to dock up Chappie because I couldn't get both of my characters in and still be able to run the game. It was bogging down so bad. The tie-dye got so bad, I literally, I thought I was going to have to lose uh, Discord because I didn't think I was going to have my computer able to, to survive playing Eve with two clients. It was, I, was, I was getting upset. I, I was getting really upset. Sorry, I'm on my phone and it's messing up on me. Uh, but That's yeah, okay. I was getting upset thinking uh, I wasn't going to be able to do this. Uh, I wasn't going to be able to enjoy it. But when I logged off my Chappie 78 account, everything cleared up. They taught me on how to scope it down enough to where I could handle this. Because this is only the second time I've ever been in a tie-dye battle uh, in my life. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, but it wasn't even this bad. The tie dye that I was in was no, no. This that I went through on my birthday that you're looking at has was way beyond anything I had ever been a part of in Eve out of all the years. And I've been playing since 2011, 2012, uh, end of 11, beginning of 2012. Uh, so I'm like just absolutely. Def- but I, I can't even explain it. I get there. I I clear everything off my screen. I don't do anything. I just zoom in to where I can see my ship. Nice. And I'm just looking at the sun. And I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of sexy. And I'm, I'm admiring my Nidhogger and thinking how sexy <laughs> it is. And this is the, the, I don't even pay attention to the people that are dying around me because nobody's hitting me. I'm looking at my ship thinking, God, my ship is awesome. How sexy is this ship? And I'm taking screenshots of different angles of my ship with all these ships going around. And, and it's just like, you know, you, I'm getting them with, you know, th- all the lasers going off and you see ships coming up in the background. And I'm taking like picture after picture. I, I must have spent a good three or four minutes taking pictures while everybody else was killing each other. And nobody was noticing me because I was in April. Until somebody mentioned that I was in April, and then all of a sudden I started, oh, wait, I'm getting hit. So I launched my fighters, and I'm trying to fight back, you know. I didn't even get, I don't, I think I maybe. Oh, we lost you again. I, I, I think I hit maybe two or three people with my fighters. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't care. But I was sitting there, I was busy looking at the, the scene, <laughs> and, and, and I was taking pictures of the ships in the background. I scrolled out, and I was, like, looking back, and you could see, you know, the other capitals in there, and I was taking – and I started – I was like, man, this is like Wrecking Machine. And I'm in the back of my head. I'm thinking, you know, the, the song uh, Bring on the Wrecking Machines going off in the back of my head. And I'm trying – I was trying to find a way that I could actually look – I was sad that I couldn't bring the the, the song up while this was going on because it would have been perfect. I could have been like, yeah, hey, you know, got the song in the background and I'm sitting there taking the screenshots, make my own little movie here. <laughs> I wouldn't even There's our title, right? Chappie's Wrecking Machine. That's what oh, we're it was show. It, it was it was crazy. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, hey, you know. And then all of a sudden it dies. I'm a little sad because I love my <laughs> Nidhogger. I really do. I think the Nidhogger is a, an overgrown size Drake. And uh, I think they look a lot alike, and I think they're the most beautiful ships in the world. Uh, it's why I trained into the Nidhogger, which just because I wanted to set. I didn't want to take it out of the station when I first got it. I think I must have had one for about three months, and it never left the station. I'd just sit there and look at it in the station because it was just, you know, I was like, oh, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> but I do stupid and stuff like that. I would make these things. I would make these ships, and I would look at them for hours in the station. Like, man, I don't want to get rid of you. 
<laughs> it was just like, you're pretty. I think I'm going to buy this skin for you and this skin for you. And I would go and I'd choose skins for him. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> it was it was a little strange. I'm telling Kathy, you, I'm an indie guy. I'm an indie you, guy. I can't help. I'm me. an indie guy. Okay, this you may be the first person that's fallen in love with uh maybe not with a ship, but with a knit hogger. <laughs> hey, I cannot I cannot help that y'all don't have good taste. If you don't love a knit hogger, you just don't have good taste because that is one sexy ship. That and the Phoenix. Oh my God, the Phoenix. That's another one. I love the Phoenix. The Phoenix right, is so gorgeous as well. So you came but, uh, out in you came out in a Phoenix a little bit later, right? Yes. Uh, so I dined the Nidhogger. I'm sorry I got on my tangent about how beautiful my ship was, but it did look beautiful on that. Uh, so I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden uh, I finally get in it, and it takes me forever to get there. I finally get on uh, the actual uh, grid, and I'm sliding in. I hit my uh, siege mode. I don't even get targeting ready. I mean, I can't do anything. I barely even got uh, my siege mode clicked on before I started getting hit. As soon as everybody saw Chappie 78, it was over. That ship was gone in a matter of seconds. Uh, at least it seemed like that to me. Uh, I barely got my shields up and everything. Else. I mean, it was just, you could watch it in tie-dye. It just looked like it was real life. Everything going. But I was taking, don't, don't get me wrong. When I found out I couldn't target anything, I scrolled back in. I started taking screenshots again of the Phoenix and the different angles and stuff like that and watching it as it was breaking up and stuff. Because, oh, man, it looked good with the whole fire and cracking in it. Man, I was taking screenshots of it. It was crazy. I, I was I was being my regular indie self, thinking of the ship, not really thinking about what was going on. But um, I, actually, I actually got it. I actually got that picture of you when you when you're literally landing in with your uh... – with your phoenix yes i i was uh i was talking earlier with you guys uh before we was on i actually watched uh talking in station stream and uh the, the person that was doing the video was just like oh my god it was amazing it was like watching a movie uh and there was one part where he he, he was on my uh actual phoenix and he was zooming out and while he was zooming out all of a sudden this uh nagafar just pops up on the side of the screen and starts growing and growing and growing and you see all these ships coming and it's like oh man that's actually cool i bet he couldn't do that again <laughs> but i mean it was the perfect zoom out it's like oh i wish i could have done that <laughs> taking some pictures of that it was yeah but i got to see some up close pictures of the different ships that were there i was just like in heaven i was taking you know while I was watching the uh, video, I would stop the video and I would take screenshots of my actual screen of the video of the different ships and stuff. And I've got like a big collage. That I'm, uh, I'm going to try to do a uh, moving, uh, uh, what is it, where your screen goes black and you have the background going, uh, not a background, but a uh, screensaver. I'm going to do a movie screensaver with all the pictures from this, with all the different ships and stuff. Because to me, my thing that I love, I know everybody has their aspect of PvP that they love. A lot of people do PvP, PvE, whatever. To me, it's industry. These ships, whoever creates and gets the idea for these ships are geniuses in my eyes. They are some of the most beautiful things in the world. I mean, even the ones that are ugly, they're so ugly, they are beautiful. And there's not a ship that I don't like. And I just 
to be able to have the pictures and see them in a battle was just to me amazing. And I just, I'm trying to go and get pictures of these different ships as much as I can. And I'm doing a little collage for myself. So I'll have it until, well, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, uh, at least to the day I die, I have these screensavers of all these ships that were there at my birthday that I love. And then I got to, to actually be able to create. There's the only ones that I've never created. I've never been able to uh, build a Titan. That's the only ship I've never built. I wish I had the blueprints to do it. And I wish I had the money and the time to do it. Uh, I would love to be able to build one just once. It's the only ship I've never built. Uh, that's an actual f- regular faction ship. I don't, I haven't built all the, the pirate ships, but I have built all the actual uh, faction ships, except the Titans. And, but uh, unfortunately, I've never had, I've never had the time. I had the ISC at one time, just never did it. But uh, yeah, well, I yeah. mean the uh, the amount of we can hear it in your voice of appreciation you have for the design of the ships, the look, the overall um, connection to what CCP built is uh, it's a it's a reminder of um, how much the game in and of itself is it, it creates an emotional connection, which we sometimes forget. I mean, I'm sitting oh. here just like as you were canting the the story. I'm just I can't help but smile because your excitement over just the ships, things that like players take for granted every day. Just your excitement is so infectious. infectious. Your enthusiasm is like it's so out of this world. It makes me so happy that you were like able to do this. Oh, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I enjoy that uh, a lot of e players take the ships for granted because that just means I get to build more and they keep paying me. I mean, hey, you want to blow up your ship? By all <laughs> means, do this. You're making me rich. I could care less. Eventually, I'm going to get your money. So, hey, you know, why not? Go blow them. Have fun. I'm just going to stare at them and look at them and have them in my station and say, ooh, pretty. I got you. Ooh, pretty. I got you. <laughs> I, unfortunately, well, I don't have any more. I'm down to like 15 ships now. So uh, I'm I'm very picky on what I'm going to be doing uh, from here on out. Uh, fortunately, my my guys in my court thought it would be great to give me enough time to to be able to play Eve until August, which I'm hoping I'm going to be healthy enough to keep playing up until August. Uh, but yeah, I've got 15 ships left, so uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be on very few things. I might start. Uh, I, I'm I'm not even going to be able to do the whole indie thing. Uh, I just don't have the minerals or the isk to, to, to build stuff. So I don't so, know but, what I'll be doing in Eve. But your friends paid for your account so that you could continue to play Eve as uh, long as you wanted to. Yes. They plexed my account enough to where I have it all the way up until August, uh, which is kind of, you know, great, but kind of sad because literally I, I gave everything away and there's not really much that I can do. Uh, and Eve, uh, I have to be very picky and choosy about what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so yeah, one you wanted to get in here for a second. Is there anything you wanted to comment on? You mean say, say, yeah, 
<laughs> expression on my face. Oh man, I tell you what. No, I, I, I was just gonna when you were talking about the screenshots and how much you love seeing all the ships and everything. Signal Cartel, we did have a fleet there, uh, a handful. I think we were caught up like everyone else in the uh, short notice and whatnot. I unfortunately was not able to make it, and I really wanted to be there. But I, tremendous outpouring of the the community was great. But one of the members of our fleet was Resorian, and he, you know take some really awesome pictures. I was curious if you did get to see his album that he put together of, of photos from the event. We saw some of the pictures, but not through his album. You mean on, um, on Flickr? Yeah, on Flickr. Yeah, I think I dropped the link in Discord in our one-to-one -one chat. We'll dick it up. And you were talking to Chappie if he got to see it, right? Right. Unfortunately, I, the only things I have gotten to see so far... Uh, one of the streamers, uh, Deck, uh, is his Discord name. Uh, it's Scottish Deck or something. He, he's a Horde member. I saw his uh, stream that he sent me. I got yeah. to see Talking in Station. How did he spell um, his name? I, I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure. I have to look it up again. Um, he sent me the, uh, his thing. Uh, of course, uh, I got um, Spectre Fleets. Uh, but the, I'm still going through everything to make sure, you know, I'm seeing everything that was sent to me. But so far, if I'm not mistaken, that's all I've seen so far was uh, that uh, I, I haven't gotten any information from any of the other ones. I'm still reading all the Reddits, of course, trying to find Reddits that have uh, different fleets and stuff. Uh, I'm wanting to watch everybody's uh, just to see the different aspects of it and see and hear you know, the different people talk about it. That to me, hearing what everybody else is saying about this and how much fun they're having uh, is more fulfilling than, you know, what I think and care yeah. about it. Uh, to me, like I, I've been saying over and over and over again, this was my gift to Eve. I could care less what I get out of it. I want to hear how everybody else enjoyed it. To me, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes it fun for me was that everybody else was having fun. And, um, and the more and more I hear, I've gotten more and more letter. We need to do this again. We need to do this again. I'm hoping if I can feel better, uh, I'm wanting sometime soon to do another fleet and, and that way do it on a weekend where everybody who wants to come can come if they want to. Uh, it's not going to be a sponsored thing. It's not going to be anything major. It's just, I'm going to put up a form be like, hey, y'all want to come join me? Uh, let's go do it. And, uh, of course, I won't have another capital there. Uh, I don't own any more capital ships. so. But I'll go out there at a caracal that I have, and I'll fight just as much as anybody else. So before we move on to like your personal circumstances uh, and news there to get updated, uh, I just want to check in with Marathia, who brought another sexy ship, the Zenitra, made an appearance yes. there. Okay. Is that not? Is that not? An, uh, before he does, I have to say that's yeah. another sexy ship. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, I, I I've built these ships uh, since pretty much day one when they were put in uh, with the new invasions. I started building them, and so I've had this one. Um, there's a little bit of a special circumstance behind that one. I didn't really mention. It was one of the first ones produced in the game. 
Um, I can't, of course, say it was the first one, but I know it was easily first five. Um, I built it and I fit it like a super because why not? You know, it's a faction dreadnought. I don't care what anybody says Troglavians are faction. And uh, it had kind of just sat collecting dust, not really getting to be used on anything. There wasn't a right time to use it um, anywhere. And when the birthday fleet came up, uh, I was given permission to take it out if I wanted to and use it. And I was like, well, based on wherever we do this, if it's in, if it's close enough, maybe we can, we can work it out. In fact, Liam's here was kind enough to uh, help me move the ship and we moved it. We moved it the final jump uh, the day of the fleet and parked it in a station. And if you've ever tried to get out of a station while there's 2000 people in local in low sec, it's not very pleasant. <laughs> I think I spent hey, more man. time. I think I spent more time in warp than I did shooting things. Not, not really, but felt like it. I have to agree a million and ten percent on that one. That was absolutely miserable trying to undot that carrier and that uh, Phoenix, and uh, it was just wow. And then finally, when it does, half the time I spent looking at a uh, screen that said I was in uh, warp. Uh, I didn't even know I was on. Uh, grid most of the time there's a couple times i had to literally log out and log back in just to get the screen to pop up yeah i spent i actually got the system i actually um had a a mistake when i was trying to move to the sun um i'd warped to one of my fleet members because i was i was both fcing the fleet from another character and trying to fly the zernitra itself and so i warped to one of my characters in fleet that was not actually on grid which i didn't necessarily know and uh came out of warp and there were two different groups that combat probed me down. One was friendly. It was NC dots fleet and, uh, or PR or one of them, them. And then another one was a jacked off fleet. And, uh, fortunately the jacked off fleet landed a hundred off and tried to shoot me without actually pointing me. So I was able to get back out of there again. But, uh, yeah, that Zernitra sat on grid for about 75% of the, of the fight. Um, not dying. It was, uh, like I said, it was fit up like a super capital, so it had, had 10 million health, and that's takes quite a while to chew through in tie-dye. Somebody in chat asked if it was the one that soaked a DD. Yes. Yes. Um, in fact, it's really good. If you watch Spectre Fleet's video that was posted, I'll post it in the general chat after this. Um, CCP Convict came in and DD'd it, and it, uh, it tickled. It definitely tickled. Um, did about 20% <laughs> of the health of the Dread. So clearly triangles are superior to Kaldari. You heard it here. Uh, I would okay. like to counter-react that, please. Uh, Kat already still rules, just so <laughs> um, Yeah, it... The uh, Zernitra managed to... The um, Zernitra plus my fleet, I should say, managed to take down CSP Convict's Leviathan, um, Chappie's Phoenix, uh, Extra Squishy's Meme Nag, and then Spite Incarnate Snag, as well as uh, an Anazi, which I don't know who that was, uh, before I fell. So, all in all, it was... It was pretty good. And Bjorn B was there in a battle Rorco. He lasted. Yeah. Well, we actually, it was kind of unspoken. Most of the bigger people that were there um, left him alone because he was streaming and we, we wanted good footage. We wanted the stream. So like, I know, I know for my fleet particularly, we left him and we left squishy alone till basically the end because we knew they'd be recording and, and streaming it. And we wanted other people who couldn't attend to be able to uh, view the fight. And, and get to participate vicariously through them. Yeah. Now, I would like to say uh, the reason why the uh, Triclavian ship took out the Kaldars because we lit them. 
We didn't want them to feel bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam's, do you have any um, any memories of this that you want to convey before we change the move on? Uh, sure. So, yeah, this was an amazing event just because it was one of the biggest form-ups Spectrofleet's ever had. And that's even considering that Spectrofleet normally pulls members from the other large coalitions that were attending on their own. So for Spectrofleet to be able to form up this much on a one-day short notice is absolutely incredible. And I just kind of want to reach out again and say, Chappie, thanks again for getting this all, as much as you did, get it organized because it made for an event that hasn't been seen in quite a long time in this game. On a weekday, no less. Well, that's the thing. It was U.S. time zone weekday with less than, I'd say, 36 hours noticed. Uh, There's a lot of things that you would think wouldn't make this possible. And yet it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's what surprised the heck out of it. Because I knew it was in U.S. prime zone. Uh, I I knew it was going to – I figured more U.S. people would show up and and the Europeans would stay home. That's why I didn't think – it was going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but when I was hearing people after watching the fleets and stuff, like the, the, the few things that videos that I could see and, uh, and hearing some of the people in my fleet talking and stuff, people saying, I'm calling in to work. I'm going to be late to work. Uh, just so I can be here. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've been up on, I'm thinking to myself, you've been up all night just to come to my fleet and then going to go work all day of all things. Uh, it just, it really, it, it hit me, uh, especially towards the end of all this, when I'm hearing people talking, you know, I got to jump into Horde, uh, uh, Horde's uh, channel and, and talk to some of them and, and, and speak with them for a little bit. And then hearing them even saying it, it, it it meant a lot that people sacrificed so much just to be there. That's why I'm kind of uh, actually wanting to, if I can, try to do another fleet just so I can sit there and, and, and have everybody come that wanted to because I get so many, I wish you'll do it again. I really want to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because they couldn't. And it's, it's so I, I kind of really want to do another fleet uh, just so everybody who wants to come can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt it to be as big as this one, though, but. Let me ask you, okay, so, and, and it is true that people that were in Europe, for instance, remember, this is U.S. time zone, had to wake up at two in the morning to participate and stay awake for two, three, four hours just to participate till the uh, to the end. So it was an amazing commitment from a lot of people. What, uh, and now we'll talk about you, and what is it about you that would make so many people show up and really demonstrate this incredible outpouring uh, of support for you. Tell us, first of all, like, um, go back a little bit and, and talk about some of the, uh, I guess, the struggles or the tragedies that you've had to, like, work your way through. Well, um, unfortunately, uh, struggles and trials seems to like to be a, a, a thing in my life. Uh, I was in the Army, uh, did my time in the Army, uh, had to leave the military. I was discharged medically. Uh, I was hit with uh, an IED. My vehicle I was in was hit with an IED. Uh, I had shrapnel in me. I had to go out and learn how to walk again, deal with all that. Um, and then, of course, uh, right after me getting out of all that, 
dealing with all the uh, pressures of the war and, and losing friends and everything, I got into drugs and alcohol real bad. Uh, and then come to find out my dad had cancer and um, tried to be with him uh, before he died. That didn't work out too well. Uh, it didn't end on a good note, unfortunately. So uh, uh, right before he passed away, my grandfather passed away. Uh, then my dad passed away. Then after my dad passed away, had a great-grandmother pass away. And then my mom started getting sick. She had her strokes. Then they found out she had breast cancer. Then found out my uh, other grandmother had breast cancer. I was losing family members wow. uh, to, to all kinds of stuff. Uh, it seemed like every time I turned around, something bad was going on. I lost uh, being able to be with my son uh, due to my uh, own stupidity by dealing with drugs and alcohol, doing stupid stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, all that goes along, and then I find Eve and then uh, start getting better. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, I find out uh, back in 2017 – I have cancer. Uh, making through it, we're good. I read away, and then all of a sudden, uh, this past November. Uh, well, actually, before that, I had some good news. I started talking with my son again, and we started hanging out, and actually getting to be able to see him. I moved back to Tennessee to be closer, so I could have a relationship with him. And then in uh, June of last. June of last year, my mom started uh, having strokes again. Uh, and then, of course, in November, my house burns down. Uh, I move. Uh, I had moved up here to take care of my mom. Uh, my house burns down uh, two weeks after, uh, or a week after Thanksgiving, something like that. It was. I was. We were still in November. It was like uh, just a few days after. I'm in the middle of a fleet, and I get a phone call from my son's mom. Hey, by the way, your house is burnt down. And uh, she sends me a video of it. Uh, they overhear me, and of course, uh, in comms, I was in a fleet with uh, Astrosy, and then they hear about it. And uh, So, yeah, that happened. And then, of course, my mom started getting sick again. She had another stroke uh, at the beginning of the year. While having that, my sister, uh, who has uh, respiratory arthritis, she's only dealt with the uh, actual arthritis part of it her entire life until this past year. Uh, apparently the immune system part of it's starting to hit her in her older age. Um, she's three years older than I am. I'm 42. She's 45. Uh, she ended up having a cold that turned into attacking, uh, an infection that attacked her heart and caused her to start having, uh, heart failure. Uh, they had to put a pacemaker in, uh, before they could do that, they was trying to figure out why they couldn't get her stabilized. Come to find out she had a mass uh, on her thyroid. Luckily, it wasn't cancerous, but it had literally grown to where it had wrapped around her complete neck, and it was choking her to death. So they got that cut out and uh, got her set up with that, then put a heart uh, pacemaker in. Um, she's still on and off. She's been in ICU uh, four times since uh, January for about a week at a time. Uh, it's definitely been really scary doing the uh, coronavirus stuff. Uh, sure. We've pretty much quarantined her. Nobody's she, and she, It's driving her crazy because she's not a lot out of her bedroom. Uh, 
my brother-in-law don't even stay in the room with her. Nobody would get around her because of her uh, autoimmune deficiency with this RA has started getting to be a problem. Uh, so, yeah, they've pretty much quarantined my sister. She's still, you know, getting made, uh, sick here and there. But luckily, knock on wood, uh, it hasn't been coronavirus. It's just been actual, just being sick, but it affects her worse. So, um, yeah, uh, everybody's really, really, really trying to look out for her. And then, of course, uh, I find out I have cancer again, which um, luckily I've uh, because of all the commotion that's going on, I was trying to keep it just an uh, immediate family that would know. Uh, my sister didn't know. Uh, my mom knew. Uh, uh, my son's mom and my son knew, and that was about it. With all this publicity, uh, with TED Talk and uh, PC Gamer, I have friends and things that I knew would see the PC Gamer interview uh, TED Talk, uh, when I find out what kind of uh, podcast that is, that's the kind of podcast, uh, you know, my, I have some family members that are in like uh, engineering and stuff like that and come to, you know, they, they would listen to stuff like this. So, uh, you know, they would listen to that particular channel, I'm not saying that it, about gaming, but uh, so it's one of those things I had to tell everybody and kind of get it out there as quick as possible. And um, here, of course, uh, I told everybody I'm not doing anything uh, unless my son wants me to. It's whatever he wants. I want to be there for him. I want him to enjoy being with me. We're finally getting to where I can have time with him. If he wants me uh, to to be me and not go through this, that I'm not going to, uh, I, I'll gladly put my life on the line if it makes him happy. Any parent would. Um, that he told me that he wants me to fight it as much as possible, no matter the cost. So, and the 20th of July, I'm going in for surgery. And uh, I have decided last night, uh, after talking with him and his mom, uh, we're going to fight this. It's going to be hard because uh, I don't have insurance, but um, my family said they're going to help and we'll probably end up getting a bunch of loans and stuff like that to deal with it. But my son wants me around as long as he can have me. So uh, his will is what I'm going to do. Well, it's, uh, it's fantastic news that you're, um, you're bonding with your son. I think after a period of being away from him, is that right? Oh yes. Uh, he is uh, 16 years old and I have spent all uh, the amount of time combined in his entire life that I spent with him has been all of maybe eight months out of 16 years. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I so, am not the number one dad by no means. Well, the, the redemption story is amazing too, though. And I, I, th I think um, just to put some perspective on it, you have had a tremendous amount of things that you've needed to overcome and done it quietly. It's not like you bring a lot of attention to this. Um, no, um, unfortunately, the whole cancer thing, I wasn't even going to bring that in. That, that just, uh, people kept asking questions in fleet uh, when I, after I told uh, Astrothy, why are you this way? Why are you being so down? Because I'm never down and out. I'm never depressed in fleet. I'm always happy-go-lucky. Mm -hmm. Let's go blow something up. Who needs what? I'm trying to give people stuff. 
that's just me. That's who I am. Of course, uh, you know, I heard on the the uh, stream, you know, y'all was asking Fine Zooey about how I am. Uh, Fine Zooey pretty much told you. I'm always happy-go-lucky, and I'm always giving stuff away, and I'm always trying to do something for somebody else. I could care less about me. It's not about me. It's about everybody. I'm always, mm. The last few years uh, of my life has, uh, has pretty much been dedicated to everybody else. Um, it's just yeah. I found it a lot easier. Uh, when I was a bean SOB uh who would say, I, mean, I literally was a mean SOB. I would literally shoot you before I would look at you and wouldn't think twice about it. Uh, after I had gotten out, of, even before I got into the service, the people I hung out with, I was considered a very dangerous person. So I had to go into the military. It was either going to the military or going into federal prison. I was 17 years old. I had just graduated high school, and they had told me, All right, you're about to be an adult. Either you go to federal prison or you go into the military, which is it? And uh, I chose the military, which actually saved me, uh, caused me to be better. And then, of course, with the stuff going on that I went through, I kind of reverted back to my old self. And uh, I was really bad, uh, even to my son's mom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was really, really bad. I, was, <laughs> I, I caused her to have several miscarriages. Uh, it, that's why when she was pregnant with my son, mm-hmm. she took off. Um, I so was you were just, not you were not uh, the greatest person in the world initially. No, by no Even, means. And you had a ton of hardship in your life. And Eve Online, like, what does it represent to a guy like you? Like, where does that fit into this? <laughs> While when I started playing Eve Online, my friends were trying to show me uh, because when I was younger, I was a nice guy. I really was. I got messed up a little bit when I was in high school and stuff, messed in with the wrong crowd, but that really wasn't me. And my real self come out in the military. I'm a very nice, giving guy. That's just who I am. Uh, I'm a big teddy bear. I'm a big guy. I'm six one, and I've always been really big, played football. Uh, matter of fact, during high school, I had uh, scholarships to go and play uh, for Florida State, University of Alabama, Auburn. I had to give them up to go into the military. But um, I, it was one of those things, uh, all the stuff that I've been through made me a very evil person. Uh, and then when I get into Eve, I saw, you know, my friends trying to tell me, hey, man, you don't have to be that. Come here. Get rid of your stress on this game. You know, we blow up things. Let's just have so fun. Your, man. These are your military so, these are military friends, right? Yes. These are my military guy buddies that get me on this. And they're telling me, let's just have fun. Then I get in there and and of course everything's shut. And I start saying, yeah, uh, it's basically life. People, you know, in Eve, they'll kill you. But yet there's also, and we turn, they'll teach you things while doing it. And it slowly actually started bringing my old self back out again to where, because I could relieve all this stress and pressure and everything else by doing fun stuff and actually learning this stuff. It was like, wow, you know, I can be a better person just by playing this game. And it started changing me literally slowly and surely at building things and then watching it destroyed and, and stuff. Just, it gave me a certain, 
peaceful satisfaction. I know it might sound crazy and stupid, but it really did. Uh, it made it gave me a means of being able to look at life in a different way to to see, you know, everything's going to be built, everything's going to be destroyed, but how are you going to do it? Yeah. Are you going to do it hatefully or are you going to do it, you know, yeah. in an enjoyment in an enjoyment and fulfilled way? And I kind of it sounds like if I can comment the uh, on this without having the experience that you've had that you had a rough life that you went through a terrible time or you didn't you adapted to the situation became a terrible person to match your uh the terrible times that you were in and it's even online it maybe is like gardening in that you found something that you almost use as meditation yes uh pretty much now mind you uh growing up i had a wonderful life don't get me wrong none of this really started coming out until after the military uh and and saying everything that i went through yeah uh now mind you i had a my dad was a pastor my mom was a school teacher i had a family that loved me i had we would do things we always spent the weekends and had fun and stuff my dad made it a fact that him and my mom both would never work on a friday night they were at every single one of my football games a, uh, mm-hmm. if I had pra- my parents were there, my parents left me, my grandparents were always sure. there. Uh, so it was, war, got, it was war. It was yes, military uh, war. Yes. Now, like everybody in, in high school, you make your own rebellious choices. And I did fall into the wrong crowd. Uh, and I took into that wrong crowd pretty well. And, and but that was all my choices. It wasn't necessarily my family's. And that's what caused me to go in the military, which eventually I would have probably more than likely have went in anyway, because I always wanted to be in the military. That was a dream of mine from a very early age. So when they sat there and said, go to prison or go in the military, I'm like, are you trying to punish me? You know, I've always wanted to go. Heck yeah, I like go in the military. You know, that that was the, the, the one thing I always wanted to do. You know, of course, I didn't say that to them or to my lawyer at the time. It was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, by all means, Your Honor, I will take my punishment and I will go in the military in the back of my head. like, hell yeah, I get to go blow stuff up and get paid for it. You know, I'm thinking, you know, in the back of fun, right. which it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't fun? I, I loved the military. I would not change my, my decisions of going into the military. Mm-hmm. War's a war. Everybody's going to have a hard time with war. Uh, okay. If you ever, uh, it's it's an unfortunate uh, side effect of being in the military. There's people that's been in the military that never had to go to war. So you know, there's uh, spent their entire career and, and never had an issue. And and yeah. you know, it's a great experience. You travel. You you meet a lot of different people. You get to right. blow stuff up. I mean. Well. Real stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you literally well, like, get to real life blow stuff up. I mean, it's, it's well, really fun. Well, it depends on uh, what you're blowing up, I suppose. But you, well, yeah. um, when you came out of that and you ended up, um, w- your military buddies brought you into EVE Online. Uh, it, obviously, you started like liking the, the ships and building them. And uh, so it seems oh, to me definitely. like, yeah, you found a way to... Uh, use Eve as kind of a meditation, it seems like, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Uh, the very first ship I saw that I fell in love with was Drake. 
And that was the very first blueprint I bought. And that was the very first ship I built. Uh, you know, I mean, I know they said the, uh, the Nidhogger is ugly, but I mean, come on, look at the Drake and the Nidhogger. They're really beautiful ships. And I mean, literally, the first capital ship I ever bought and trained into and, and, and the first BPCs that I ever bought to build a capital ship was for the Nidhogger. I didn't care what anybody thought. I mean, to me, I wanted that ship. And I was going to train into it, even if I never flew it right. It was sexy, and I wanted it. And mm. bought every kind of skin I thought that looked good on it, just because it just I wanted it pra- painted pretty. You know, it was yeah. like you know showing off your your beautiful wife. I mean, to me, my ships are like my beautiful wife. I will show them off. Uh, I will paint them up, make them look pretty, and <laughs> say, "Hey, look at me!" You know, uh, it's my arm candy uh, in game. And it's just, <laughs> oh, I'm um, telling you, man, it's, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely just. Okay. Great. So, so we have to wrap up. We're, we're running a bit late here, but we want to give you as much time as we could. So this great uh, thing happens and um, people come out and celebrate you again. You're known as somebody who's been uh, very humble and uh, helping other people at all times, but you end up, um, uh, having a reoccurrence of cancer, which is uh, uh, at this point, I believe looks terminal. People realize that and they come out to show you uh, how much they appreciate a fellow Eve player. Uh, and this is one of the few times we get to tell somebody that when they're still with us, sometimes people just disappear and we have vigils for them when they're gone, but you're still here and you can see the amount of preci- appreciation that would have been there for you had you gone. Um, in that sense, like, what does, um, what does that feel like from coming from EVE Online? Words can't explain. Uh, and there's just no words for it. Uh, matter of fact, it makes me kind of wish I could actually see what my funeral would look like in EVE, uh, before I actually do pass away, just because of the simple fact that, um, I guarantee that would be amazing. If people did this for my birthday and I'm still alive, what in the world would happen if everybody found out I passed away and uh, actually showed up for that? Uh, I did. Uh, I do have to say, uh, when they was doing the uh, different uh, monuments and stuff on CCP Friday, uh, I did see one where they had little uh, containers. Uh, they did the containers. It was a gra- Eve graveyard is what they called it. I do plan on actually at one point in time uh, going out there and taking one of my Chappie 78 corpses and putting them out there in that graveyard uh, before I pass, uh, before I leave Eve, uh, just so I know for a fact he will get out there. Uh, right. The player made uh, memorial. Cause yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, want him, I want him out there. Yeah. I want a part of me to where, I know I'll always be a part of Eve. I, I know I'll never get a monument put after me. I'll never get a war put after me. I know people would, had picked and played about the whole World War chapter. That's that's not going to stick. I mean, let's be realistic. Nobody's ever going to name anything after me. This is not going to happen. Um, but I love Eve so much, I want a piece of being Eve. So I do want to get uh, my uh, body out there and there at some point in time. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm fairly certain that that is going to happen regardless of whether you do it yourself or not, dude. Like, you know, I'm you can guarantee that. 
It made uh, quite a big big impact on a few thousand people already. Yeah, just in like a Tuesday Tuesday night. So, uh, you know, sometimes those memories, as I'm sure you can attest, are better than actual statues and actual monuments. Uh, yeah, that is true. Uh, and I like I said, I've never done this for me anyway. Uh, and even if they did put, it would be nice. You know, I would say thank you, but I I don't really want it. Uh, I don't want to be really, you know, yeah. I, I I don't really need the attention. Uh, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. I'm not going to keep anybody, anybody from uh, saying or doing what they want to do. Uh, but am I looking for it? No. Um, yeah. Because yeah, uh, well, it's all, all of all of your effort is now being is now being directed towards, you know, uh, your time with your with your son. Right. Yeah. Well, well, not just that. It's just I'm not that type of person. Uh, and you know, yeah, I had two thousand people show up. Uh, it's been a week. People are still talking, but give it another month, I'll be forgotten. Uh, that's just how life is. Uh, it's like any news cycle. It's out there. It's going to be good. I mean, there for a while, yeah. I was like top person on uh, Reddit. Yeah. It's not. Uh, that way anymore. But There's you feel news, you're being, so. Yeah, you, you feel you're being realistic that you're just a news cycle that's coming through. But I think what yeah. people are trying to tell you is this is different than a, a, a typical news cycle. And we'll, and we'll see um, what happens. The, really, it's up to the players to decide who who they uh, remember. And I think that you know, so we'll, we'll just have to see how that works out. But I wanted yeah. to... I wanted to um, just point out like some of the heaviest some of the heaviest burdens that you've lifted with some of the um, heaviest monsters that we wrestle with internally and especially at a time of real life war where things are upside down and terrible and then some of the appreciation of beauty and the simple things in this virtual life that we kind of share together one of the opportunities that players had was to express what they mean to one another and you gave them the opportunity to do that. So when you said at the beginning of this show, I really wanted to like tell CCP how much I appreciate what they've done in creating this game. You've done the same thing for players. You've given them a chance to show how much they appreciate each other. And those are some of the, I think, deeper currents at work here that are, that are very interesting. Now, before we go the, um, this isn't the last chapter, as we know you're going to do other things, but we want to put up on screen now uh, something that's very interesting that you said, and that is at first you weren't going to have any preventative um, efforts made to extend your life as long as possible. That um, until today, you, your son told you that he wanted you to do what you could to stick around longer. And this is a son you haven't had the best relationship with in a long time. Yes, so you are, that's going to, you are going to try to get help to extend your life as long as possible. Yes, I definitely am. Uh, he he wants me to. Uh, he's finally gotten me in his life, um, and he's wanting me to be there as long as possible. Uh, my all my choices that I've made and all the things that I've said uh, up till now uh, was for the simple fact that I didn't want to be sick and not be able to spend good quality time with him. Uh, it was all basically me saying, you know, me 
planning to be there for him as much as I could, the best way I could. But when he told me, and and that was not even giving him the option, uh, I felt that I should give him the option. Uh, I didn't have the option with my dad. You know, uh, it was all, all the decisions was made by him and my mom, and that was it, Uh, which, you know, parents do things for their kids. Uh, so, you know, we, we have to go by whatever choices we can do that we think is best for our kids. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I thought that I should not do that and do it on my own. Uh, but when he said he wanted me to be around, I couldn't deny that to him. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be there. You're going to do it for him. Yes. It's going to suck. Uh, did it once. It did not. I, I hated it. Uh, doing it a second time, and it's going to be a lot more invasive this time. Uh, it's going to really suck. It is, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it at all. But, Again, uh, it seems to be a theme with you taking on hardship for other people, especially the ones close to you. Uh, and I know you don't ask for help, but we're going to do this anyway. We're going to put something on the screen now. This is something that people uh, put together for you to help fundraise. Is that right? Uh, actually, uh, I'll put it together uh, because uh, I want to try to post it as much as I can. Uh, I have no insurance. So, um, yeah, I'm going to need help. <laughs> and my family is going to try to take a bunch of loans out to help me. So it's just pretty much me asking for help as many places as I can. Mm-hmm. And that's a picture of you with your son. Yes. Yeah. As you can tell, he's 16 and almost as tall as me. Uh, he's a pain in my rear end, but I love him to death. He's identical to me. Uh, <laughs> well, attitude, the way he talks, his mannerisms. The boy never, he, he never knew me. And the first couple uh, times we met, uh, he couldn't stand it that I was finishing the sentence sentences and he's like, why are you doing that? I said, because you say everything just like I do. I said, it's very annoying. And he goes, tell me about it. And we just <laughs> argued about how much alike we were. Uh, I mean, he's identical. It's, 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 it's annoying. It really is. His mother finds it hilarious until we turn it on her which is even better. I mean, I get a kick out of it. He'll sit there and he'll start arguing with his mom just to make her mad. Cause she has this little vein that pops out and she, oh, like, her Southern oh, accent turns into like really <laughs> bad Southern accent. And he laughs at her, which I do too. And she'll call me up and she'll be so mad. She'll be telling me about it. And I'm sitting there, I'm laughing. She's telling me to quit laughing. He's laughing. And she's like, both of y'all just, <laughs> she gets so mad but you know it, it, that's the only time when he don't annoy all right we wish i have her on the show to have her side <laughs> well oh. anyway it's uh it's amazing the um the amount of stuff you've been through both good and bad some of the stuff deserved not deserved uh some of the stuff uh that you've worked for um to try to make things right it's uh redemption to me is always a great uh bittersweet story so it's really nice to meet you and to have you on the show and to tell your story and you're just it's an amazing amazing fact that you're just one of hundreds of thousands of players in this game all of which have their own unique stories uh, all combining in this virtual world and it's a 
it's nice that we got to know you and to see you, um, you know, on the field. And we'll see you again um, coming up here soon and uh, as you go through uh, some re recovery methods. So good luck with that. We really, really uh, wish you well. I appreciate it. Sorry, but I had a computer glitch or phone glitch all of a sudden. I apologize, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Chappie. Uh, okay, so uh, we're a bit over. I wanted to say thanks uh, to Chappie, of course, to uh, Liam and Mar Marathia and uh, Katya Say, who's here. <laughs> you got it. I got it, right? Uh, I will say your name properly from now on, I promise. <laughs> so, Elise uh, McLeod and Ty Tellis, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, that is all the time we have. So we will see you next week on Talking In Stations.